0: Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, into episode 29 of the Get Around Podcast. We are two we're, seconds we're, in and laughing. Yep. I, I hit record and Barry Arturo is just, 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 has just started letting yeah. go. I'm just happy to be back. I'm, I'm feeling you're, joyful. Yeah. You're not firing out of both ends this <laughs> this, this, this fine Monday afternoon. Uh. <laughs> You, you you put on uh, those uh, fourteen pounds that you lost. You get the weight back yet, Bud? I only put ba- eight eight of them back. Only eight so far. All right, eight to six. Eight to sixteen. You're looking good. Thank you. If I was a chick, <laughs> I'd go there. Hell yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in episode twenty nine of the Get Around Podcast. We are just one away from the big three zero. We're very excited about that. And that is why today we are celebrating, you know, the end of our 20s with... A little mimicking bit. mimicking my real life. Mimicking your real life? You're only 27. Eight. Eight? Nine in November. Wow! Man, I did not think you were that Catching old. Catching up on you fast. Yeah, you are. It'd <laughs> be crazy if, like, I stopped aging, but that just seems to be... It seems to be getting worse. I seem to be aging... Faster and than I'd like. More gray hair that I continue to find. And we are off to a flying start here on a lovely Monday afternoon in the offices of the Traverse City Record Eagle. Welcome in our listeners. Thank you so much. Our audible viewers. Appreciate you being here. We do have a good show for you this this fine day and happy to be here. Clearly it's it's nice to have the, the trio back in, in full form and full function. On today's show, which is already started off as one for the Hall of Fame, the, the Get Around Hall of Fame, if you won't, because it's different from, from this. Powdered Donuts Part 2, basically. We're, we're working on it right now. <laughs> we're doing our best. Uh, but yeah, we've got a, a fun show. We've got, uh, as I said, uh, did I say? Have I brought up Keith Gabe yet? Nope. The, well... I'll bring him up now. He needs no introduction. <laughs> <laughs> and he won't get apparently, one. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay, getting back on track here. Uh, we do have a fine show for you here on episode 29 of the Get Around Podcast. A little bit later, you will hear uh, a conversation James and I had with former uh, Detroit Free Press Red Wings beat reporter Keith Gave. He is the author of the new book, The Russian Five, a story of espionage, defection, bribery, and courage. Courage? Courage. 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 Or courage. Courage, maybe. Not cor- I, I mean, some people may say courage. I don't. I say courage usually. <laughs> I don't know why I said courage this time. Coral. <laughs> Coral. 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 So we'll have that a little bit later. Uh, we will also have the uh, retroactive Get Around Hall of Fame. We'll, uh, we will induct five athletes off of a laundry list. And we will also admit to an error uh, in the fact that we, during the winter sports season, we did induct the same athlete twice. So congratulations to him or her. And we'll bring he or she up later on the podcast. They had to have been incredibly deserving.
1: Yes, I'm pretty yeah. sure you meant to say bring him or her up. What did I say? He or she. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing that little grammar mind game, and it, it sounded
0: really funny as he or she. Aside from, the, aside from the, <clears throat> uh, the Get Around Hall of Fame, the retroactive Get Around Hall of Fame, and the interview with Keith gave, we also have a tie in the sports movie madness, one of the matchups there is a tie. We'll get to that exactly a bit. tied. Yes, so we get to actually vote. Yes, it will come down to the nice. three of us of which movie will move on. One of them already decided. The other one, an exact tie. I was very surprised looking at all of the polls taking into account the ones that you put up, that you put up, that I put up, that we put up on Twitter and SurveyMonkey. All of those took all of those into account. Still, there was a tie. Wow. Then we're going to end the show on something a little bit different. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. I might take this part out. I don't know. Maybe we won't end the show? Maybe we won't end the show. It's going to go on forever. It's possible. It's the the show that never ends. ends. It goes on and on, my friend. Some people started singing it not knowing what it was, but they continued singing it forever just because this is a song Okay, lamb (coughs) chop. But I was thinking it'd be nice to end the show on something that made us happy this past week. So think of something that made you happy in this past week that you enjoyed, that you want to share with the world. Share a little bit of happiness with this world. But before we get into any of that, something very exciting for you. We don't have a pulse this week. This show is dead on arrival. But we do have Jeopardy, the get-around sports Jeopardy! Very excited about this. Well, why don't we get into it? Why don't we start? A little bit of theme music, if you will, to get us going and to the inaugural. Let's get this party started. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. It's... So, uh, well, we we had a Rochambeau for who went first in spelling. Why don't we Rochambeau for who's going to go first, picking in the categories. Let's you remember how to do this, James? remember how to one, two, three, and then shoot. Come. Ah! All right. Same outcome. James, you <clears> to get <throat> to go first. Here are the categories for the Get Around Jeopardy. We have before and after. I'll do a little of uh, explanat- explanating. Explanating? <laughs> I'll do a little b- Explanating. Uh, Explanating. I'll I'll give an explanation, a brief explanation of each category and what it means. So here you have before and after. Uh a similar question would be This actor played Johnny Cash in Walk the Line and this NHL team resides in Arizona. And so it would be what is Joaquin Phoenix Coyotes? But these are all local questions? All local. <coughs> yes. Everything is local. So we have there. Before and after, we also have same name, different team. Pretty much self-explanatory. Athletes, local athletes with the same name who play for a different team. Then you have know your geography. So these are players with geographical places in their names. Followed up with food for thought. Those are athletes whose names resemble some sort of food product. A family affair, self-explanatory. So those are athletes... With the, that have a familiar familial relation, so they're related by blood. And then hardware store, and that's all about state championships. So are we ready to go, boys? Are we ready to roll? <coughs> Let's do it on jeopardy. Uh, I'll take hardware store for 250. Hardware store for 250. This team defeated Battle Creek St. Philip in 2002 and r- ring in whenever you have the answer. 2015 and 2016, all with the same head coach James. to win the Class D Volleyball State Championship. Yes. Who is Leland? That is correct. All right, James, go again. I uh, will go the same thing for 500. Now, this team won back to back girls' cross country championships in 2015 and 2016. Brett. Brett. Who is St. Francis? That is correct. All right, hardware store for a thousand. I'm finishing out the category, let's go. This three singles player and this four doubles team picked up individual state championships in 2017 for Traverse City St. Francis. Who are who is Nathan Sodini and then Alex Thalen and Tyler Tofelski? No year geography for 500. This former Detroit Red Wing also played for the Winnipeg Jets, Phoenix Coyotes, and St. Louis Blues. James, uh, who is Chris Draper? No. Know your geography. Minus five hundo for Jimmy James. <clears throat> I know he started off with Winnipeg. Who is Dallas Drake? Ah, as in yeah, the local yeah, angle. angle. I was, I was trying to stand. figure out what, yeah.
2: what's the okay. I figure you was just going Red Wings as local because of training camp.
0: Alright, Brett still, you are maintain control of the board. Alright, know your geography two fifty. Know your geography two fifty, known for his emotional antics on the court. This Buckley Bear helped lead his team to the to final four appearances in two different sports in two thousand seventeen and eighteen. Yes. Who is Denver Cade? Known for his emotional antics on the court. That is minus two fifty.
1: Who is Austin Harris? You gotta ring in, buddy. Brett. Yes. Who is Austin Harris? That is
0: correct. Like Austin, Texas. He like Austin wasn't Texas. to Denver, and, and uh, Denver. He, he yes, he made but it a tricky that, question. Uh, that's he made it a tricky question. Yeah. I'm going to contest that. The emotional antics,
2: but I don't think of Austin as a location. I mean, I know it's a city,
0: but tough. <laughs> <Top> shit. <laughs> I'd <laughs> like to see somebody have this argument with Trebek. I don't. I don't, I don't see it that way, buddy. <laughs> well. <laughs> Brett, currently $750 to James, negative 500. I am turd Ferguson.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can take that I'm sticker off I'm the board. Owning that. All right, what are you going with next? Know your geography 1000. This sharpshooting Laker was a big part of Glen Lake's run to the Breslin in 2017 and Calvin College in 2018. James. Yes. Who's Savannah Poplinski? Boom. That is correct. As in Savannah, Savannah, Georgia. Georgia. All right, James, you're back in control. What do we got? Uh, We'll go uh, same name, different team for 250. Same name, different team, 250. This gladiator won the Baseball Player of the Year Award in 2017. Yes. Who is Joey Muslakovich? And? Shit. (laughs) Oh, man. Three. Oh, same two, name, different team. One. Sorry. I can finish the question if you'd like, yeah. James. This gladiator won the Baseball Player of the Year award in 2017, and this bear won the Soccer Defensive Player of the Year award in 2017. Who are Joey Muzlokovic and Joey Weber? That is correct. I'll, I'll do the same name, different team. 500. Oh! Here we go. Double Jeopardy. You can risk up to, let's see, what do you got here? You can risk up to 1000 Right now you are sitting at 750 You are at $750. You can risk up to $1,000 for this Double Je- yeah. Jeopardy category. You ready? We're going for it. Going $1, for $1,000. right. <clears throat> this Frankfurt graduate now plays for Central Michigan, while this, stu- while this soccer star is part of a two-headed monster at Traverse City West. Uh, who are McKenna Kelly and McKenna DeVries. That is correct. All right, James, you are
2: making a furious comeback we'll, here. We'll do the same for 1,000. Okay. Same name, different team.
0: Although sisters Annika and Auntie led the way, these two Graces played a big role in Traverse City West winning its second straight golf state title. Right. Yes. Who are Grace Elil and Grace Warren? That is correct. Big, Ooh. coming up huge there. Brett, right, you have control of the board. We are down to two categories. You mean three? Three, three categories. <laughs> <laughs> family, Math. A family affair for 250 A family affair for 250 mm-hmm. These two brothers and their sister all had stellar careers at Traverse City St. Francis before moving on to Michigan State University. Brett, Brett. who are the Bullas? Do you need first names? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, Holly. Riley, Max. That is correct. Family Affair 500. Family Affair 500. These two brothers have taken their rivalry from a sibling rivalry to a crosstown rivalry between right. Traverse City. Yes. Who are the Douglas brothers? Can I get first names? Brady and Charlie. That is correct. You going to finish it out? Yeah, Family Affair for $1,000. right. This father and son baseball duo helped the father reach his 500th career win with the son behind right. the plate. Yes.
1: Who are Mike Zimmerman and Brett Zimmerman from Frankfurt? He is killing it right now. He He is is
0: running the board. You ran the board there in a family affair. That was that was all Brett Summers. Food for thought for two fifty. Food for thought for two fifty. This Brethren Bobcat had a stellar senior season for her girls basketball team. Uh, 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 Yep. Who is Mariah Pringle? That is correct, as in like Pringles, the chips. (laughs) Where are we going? Food for five five hundred. As a sophomore, this Glen Lake athlete came to play in the 2018 boys basketball state semifinal. Brett, yeah, Who is was Reese Hazelton, as in Reese's Pieces. That is correct. And <clears throat> <clears throat> food for thought for a thousand.
3: Double Jeopardy, homeboy. Ooh.
0: Man, he is. He is. <laughs> All right, you have. Uh, let's let's let me total up what you got ready real quick. Brett, you are sitting at $4,000 right now. You can risk any or all of that or none of it. We'll do 500 500 bucks. Yep. A five-hundy. All right, here we go. Double Jeopardy in Food for Thought. This former Traverse City Central cross-country star now runs for the University of Michigan. Who is Anthony Barry? That is correct. We're down to it. You guys le- left my favorite category. The reason that I made this game... Before it sounded very
1: complicated, and I wanted to secure a lead before I blow all yeah. my money. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what, can we get a can we get a rundown here? of What we are
0: before sure. we went into the final uh, final category? Right, you're sitting at forty five hundred dollars, James. Let's see. You're at seventeen fifty. Seventeen fifty. So I should just shut up. <laughs> no. No? I don't think so. We still got Final Jeopardy coming up after this. Oh, buddy. that's
1: right. Final Jeopardy. Okay. so,
0: All right. So before and after for 250. Before and after. This is actually the reason that I wanted to do this question was the only reason that I wanted to do this. These two players made a run to the boys' basketball state championship game in 2018. A Buckley Bear and a Glenlake Laker. James.
2: Yes. I don't know if I should say who who is... Denver Cade Peterson. That is
0: correct. Who is Denver Cade Peterson? James <clears throat> plus 250, now sitting at $2,000. Would you like to continue and just go to 500 and then 1,000? Yeah. You want to roll this. All right. Both occurring in 2017, this 11-player football team made program history winning its first district championship, while this 8-player football team made program history winning its first state championship. Brett. Yes. Who is Traverse City Central Lake? That is correct. And wrapping this up, before and after for one thousand, this Gaylord St. Mary Snowbird and Manton Ranger each scored their one thousandth point in the two thousand and seventeen eighteen season. James, what do you got, James? Who are Hunter or Alex Hunter Rule? That is correct. Who is Alex Hunter Rule? That brings us to an end of regular Jeopardy. I didn't make a double Jeopardy because. Much as I loved this, I didn't have the money for a second poster board, and I used a lot of post-it notes uh, putting this all together. Brett, you're sitting at $5,000. James, you are sitting at 3000 So $5,000, $3,000. Final Jeopardy! category. One for the record book. This soccer player holds three of the top five spots for goals in a single season with 64 in 2014 and 2016 and 58 in 2015. She also holds the MHSAA record for career goals with 228, which is 33 better than second place. we're ready to go wrap this up Uh, James we'll start with you you trail Brett $5,000 to $3,000 I I wagered $2,900
2: $2,900 for no logical reason other than that I didn't want to end up with zero (laughs) if I miss it
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling though that you didn't yeah I have a who is Libby Munoz that is correct now sits at $5,900 Brett winner winner Chicken dinner, or at least tilapia. I don't know what Brett brought today for dinner.
1: Got some uh, Easter ham and mashed potatoes and gravy. Oh man, that's
0: sexy. And I also
1: have uh, some roasted chicken thighs over rice.
0: I wagered one thousand and one. One thousand and one. So that brings that that makes Brett Summers the champion. Of the inaugural, the get around jeopardy, so now it's it 's one one. I have to come up with another game now. <laughs> you got the spelling bee he's got James got the spelling bee Brett 's got the jeopardy. Thank God that you guys aren't asking me questions this time. We saw how well it went when I tried to spell names <laughs> actually no. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Brett is the big winner with six thousand and one dollars. He does not get any actual money. what? six thousand and one dollars to james's fifty nine hundred dollars that was fun right i think eh, I went pretty well and did good oh. work brendan thanks i get to expense report um the poster board 99 cents you actually went out and bought it you think i have poster board lying <laughs> around in my apartment how crafty do you think i am I'm done. We were just talking about sheep balls, ladies and gentlemen. Off the air, we were talking about sheep testicles. Brett is an expert. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> bull testicles are Rocky Mountain oysters. Are sheep testicles are those a delicacy as well? Oh. All I, but I also know that Rocky
1: Mountain oysters don't just apply to one specific animal. I thought they were That's like I thought they were like buffalo testicles or bull testicles or. I've heard them uh, referred to as that for venison, so elk or deer. Okay. Um
0: beef. Would either of you buffalo. ever I had not heard the buffalo. W- would one. you ever try one? Would you ever try a Rocky Mountain Oyster? <sighs> I don't know. Would you try one not knowing it that it was a testicle? Probably. You're like, hey, here's a Rocky Mountain Oyster. Maybe. Oh, probably.
1: Maybe. James? I mean, I know I've eaten Are you a lo- eating eaten a lot of sushi that way where I didn't know what it was until after I ate it. So,
0: I'm pretty judicious about knowing what I put in my mouth. <laughs> Most of the time, I have a good idea of what's going in there. (laughs) Well, if talking about Rocky Mountain Oysters, and that doesn't perfectly segue into our interview with Keith Gave, I don't know what does. We've got business to take care of, and one of those is our interview with Keith Gave. He was generous enough... I was gonna say fortunate. He was fortunate <laughs> enough. Like yeah, yeah. He was fortunate he to join us. We let him. He was yeah. He's so lucky that he's able to talk to to James and uh, James and me. James and I. James, James and me. Me, yeah. me and James. Yeah. So uh, without further ado, here's our two on one with Keith Gave. It is our pleasure now to welcome on former Red Wings Beat reporter and author of the new book, The Russian Five, a story of espionage, defection, bribery, and courage. We have Keith Gave joining us on the phone. Uh, Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time.
3: My pleasure, gentlemen. How's it going?
0: It's going very well. got to be pretty Good. exciting for you. I would imagine at this point, uh, you've got a, a book, uh, what coming out, has it been released already? I, I was looking at it. It, up. it was
3: uh, released. It, w- it was released on March 20th, on uh, Tuesday. And, uh, it, before it went, uh, before it actually, uh, went public was released, it went into a second printing and, uh, we're into the third printing right now. It's, uh, it's actually selling pretty well. And, uh, You know, Amazon's calling it one of its bestsellers. Yeah, it's a number one bestseller. It's kind kind of amazing to me. I didn't think this book would have many legs outside of Michigan. uh, But, you know, I got a tweet from a guy in Rochester, New York, said he picked it up in the bookstore there. Uh, National sales have been really good, according to the reps who sell it that way. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I I thought, you know, beyond friends and family, I didn't know who would be interested in this book. But a lot of people are.
0: If you could, just for our listeners who might not be familiar with, with the book or the story about uh, the Russian Five, uh, just a quick synopsis, if you could.
3: Well, 20 years ago right now, we were uh, uh, living through some of the greatest uh, times in Detroit Red Wings history. Uh, they, were about, they, they were about to win their second Stanley Cup in a row. Uh, they ran their, uh, won their first one a year before with five Russians, all from the Soviet Red Army School, the, the uh, famous club over there. Uh, The first three younger guys, the Wings drafted, made a little history in the process, and, uh, uh, you know, got uh, Sergei Fedorov and Vladimir Konstantinov out of the 1989 draft. A year later, they drafted Slava Kozlov. So they had three by the time they hired Scotty Bowman, the coach, and who was given a little bit of personnel power as well. And Scotty made a couple of, uh, at the time, controversial trades, created a third-round pick for an old defenseman from New Jersey named Slava Petisov. And then, uh, he traded a 50 goal score away to San Jose a year, a, a, the next fall, uh, the fall of 1995, uh, Ray Shepard. He traded for an old center Iceman named Igor Larianov. Now he had five and, uh, he put them together, uh, in a game at uh, Calgary on October 27th, 1995. And the, the game of hockey in the, in the, in the national hockey league has never been the same since. And, uh, my, uh, my part of the story is, is the part that seems to intrigue a lot of people uh because i had a background in russian language i worked for uh in the united states army i worked for the nsa for about six years as a russian linguist so i knew the language pretty well when they started drafting these guys they knew that uh, you know the, the uh, iron curtain still existed they had to get uh I had to find a way to get Sergei and Vladi and, and and you know the next year uh, Slav Slavikaz, Kazov out of the country, uh, basically helping them to defect or leave the country illegally, and uh, they asked me for a little bit of help, and I wound up very reluctantly, but I made a deal with them and and uh, went over to Helsinki, Finland, and delivered a message that I had written in Russian so they could understand it. I delivered the message to. Sergey and to that the wings wanted to help them out, uh, help them defect and they're going to pay them. Steve Eisenman kind of money at the time, which was really good money and pay their families $25,000 a year to, you know, uh, to support them as long as they were uh, their sons were members of the Detroit Red Wings. uh, And, um, uh, I was able to pass along those messages and, uh, under, under the, the, the deal I made with the wings at the time guys is, is, uh, you know, they offered me a lot of money and I didn't take any money because, uh, that really would have been crossing, uh, a big line ethically. Sure. I said, no, I don't want your, I don't want your money. And they were, it was kind of life, life changing money for a guy in a meager sports writer salary at the time. I'll tell you that. But I said, look, no, I don't want your money. I won't take any, uh, I'll pay my own expenses, uh, from Detroit to Helsinki and all that. Uh, but I want to uh, what I want from you is that when Sergei defects and comes over here, when Vladdy defects and comes over here, I want to be the first one uh, to have that story for my readers at the Detroit Free Press. Uh, I want to be the first to interview uh, those guys. I want to have, I want first dibs on anything related to these Russian players when they come over here. And Jim Light's, the executive vice president of the uh, Red Wings at the time, Mike and Marian son-in-law, said, "Deal." And uh, after I was in Helsinki, Finland, to uh, pass along those messages in uh, August of 1989, about 10 months, 11 months later, in July, the following year, I'm at my uh, home uh, in suburban Detroit having dinner, and my telephone rang, and I answered it, and it was Jim Lights. He said, Keith, uh, I'm on Mr. Illich's plane flying back from Portland, Oregon. Guess who's sitting next to me? And I said, who? And he said, Sergei Fedorov. And I said, oh, great. I pushed my plate away, I grabbed my notebook, I took some notes, talked for 10 or 15 minutes probably, and then I uh, opened up my laptop computer and started typing as fast as I could so I could make the first edition deadline so so that my story that I was writing for the Detroit Free Press would appear... In the Traverse, in in Traverse, in Traverse City in the statewide edition the next morning. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, I, I I wrote the story. Sorry, my dogs are barking. They're saying hello. That's all right. Um, I've I've had my dogs here in the studio. Is, it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, anyways, uh, the story was uh in the free press page one above the fold the next morning and the red wings lived up to their end of the bargain a couple of days later i was talking to sergey fedorov and, and i got the first interview got to know him a little bit established a good relationship same thing with vladimir konstantinov you know a year later and then slava kozlov and so i feel like even though i was on ethical thin ice and i'll admit that uh and, and i'll be judged uh Accordingly, I know, but um, I made a deal with the wings. They lived, uh, lived up to the end. They're into the bargain. The winners, in my view, were the readers of the Detroit Free Press because they got the news first.
2: Well, and you got a lot of good background for uh, for a pretty good book too.
3: They call it a hockey book, but it's there's a there's a little bit of hockey in there, but there's a whole lot of you know geopolitics and you know uh, uh, personal histories. These guys, each one of these five guys, uh, is his own. Uh, made-for-Hollywood movie. I mean, they're just really compelling stories. Every one of them put all five together. I knew I was sitting on a pretty good book. It just took me a, a, a little while to write it. Twenty years later, the Wings aren't doing so well, not going to make the playoffs for the second year in a row. This book, though, uh, comes maybe comes out at the right time for some Wings fans because it's full of really uh, great memories and a lot of details that they never knew about these guys.
0: What was your process when you began writing the book? Or had did you know that when this was going on, you were like, all right, eventually someday this is going to become a book. And so were you keeping meticulous notes? Or what was, I guess, what was the process and how you went about this?
3: Well, you know, I, I no, I, all I knew, guys, was that I, it would probably make a pretty good book one day. I had a, a big body of work that was sitting in the Detroit Free Press that had already been written. I'd been over there, uh, a couple of times, uh, for the free press, I was there in the fall of 1994 during the first, uh, NHL lockout. When I first met the guy, uh, the operative who helped Sergei and Vladdy and, and Slava Kozlov come over here. And I interviewed him at length over the course of about three weeks there and got a ton of stuff from him telling the stories, the details of the defections of, uh, or departures of these three guys. Um, and uh, some of the stuff wound up in the Detroit Free Press uh, in the fall of 1994. But um, I had a whole bunch of notes that uh, 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 full of stuff that I was never able to get in the in the newspaper at the time. I could you know, you know how it is uh, writing for a newspaper. You, you're lucky if you get 15 or 18 inches, a column inches, to write something when you could write 35 or 40 or 100 inches because you know it's such a good story. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was si- I was sitting on a lot of good notes. And and here's the other thing that happened, guys. Uh, uh, About five years ago, I got a call from uh, the director of this uh, uh, documentary film that will uh, premiere in Detroit on April 11th called The Russian Five also, and asked me if I would be, uh, uh, he knew knew my background, my role in the story, and uh, was inviting me to come along as a writer-producer for uh, that documentary film. And I said, sure, that sounds like fine. I'll do that. I've never been involved in a movie before, but I know the story better than anybody else. And frankly, you can't make this movie without me because I can get you the Russian players and I can get you all the Red Wings and everybody you need to know. And I wasn't sure he could do it. Um, so uh, I, I felt pretty strongly uh, that I, I would, I could have a significant role in this thing. And in fact, uh, you know, along the way now, we interviewed four of the five guys. We didn't interview Vladimir Konstantinov, obviously, because he's uh, still recovering 20 years later uh, from that uh, limo uh, limo accident. But, uh, you know, four of the five Russians, uh, along with uh, Jim Lights and Jim Devolano, who drafted these guys, the former general manager of the Lynx, Ken Holland, the current general manager, Steve Yzerman, Brennan Shanahan, Nick Lidstrom. Uh, Chris Draper, all the usual suspects from that team in that era, probably fifty or sixty interviews. But in the course of doing all that, guys, I was able to kind of flesh out a lot of the uh, the chapters of this book. And it was it was through this that actually helped me uh, put together uh, an actual book instead of uh, you know a, uh, a long newspaper story.
2: Yeah, what's the main departure for you um, for writing? Uh a novel length of book rather than, you know, maybe yeah. 1500 word story for the paper.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was a fascinating experience. I got to admit. And, you know, while I was, um, while I was doing all this, I kind of retired from most of my jobs. I do a little freelance work and some radio work up here and, and so on. I live in Roscommon and I do some work for, um, the, the radio stations in, uh, Grayling and in Traverse city. But, uh, for the most part, I'm, uh, fairly retired. And, uh, Uh, I had a little bit of time on my hands, so I went back to school, and I I actually completed an MFA, a Master of Fine Arts in Creative Writing Nonfiction. And I was able to get a ton of really good guidance and advice from people, mentors, faculty, uh, who actually write books for a living. That's what they do. And they were able to, you know, they they, they love the story, uh, even though they didn't know anything about hockey, they didn't have to, because it's a good story. But they they found parts of the scene where they said, hey, you know this part right here you're rushing through it slow down and blow it up and give me more details and create some dramatic dialogue you know what we do in uh to condense everything for uh for newspapers we kind of paraphrase everything and and tighten it up and tighten it up and now i got people saying blow this thing up make it longer this is really cool and and so i had a chance to do some real writing for the first time in my life and, and it really kind of opened it up and uh, expand on some uh, some pretty compelling elements of this story, and uh, that was the that was the difference for me. It was a, really a lot of fun, and it kind of makes me uh, look forward to writing the next book.
0: Do you consider yourself part of the story? Since yeah, I mean, you're writing this about you. Most most of the time, journalists, reporters, we are we're outside of the story. But since you were so involved yeah, in this. Do you consider yourself yeah. part of uh, you know of what happened for the uh, for the Red Wings?
3: Well, reluctantly, yeah. I mean, I had I, I, I could not I could not keep myself out of the story. Uh, I am, uh, you know, a, a character in the book, at least early on, I get out of it, uh, pretty quickly as well. But yeah, I had a role in, in the story. It was a rather important role. That first contact as Jim lights knew at the time, making the first contact is everything. You know, I, I, I was the first one in Helsinki, Finland. And I had the, I had both these guys, uh, uh after a game that they played against a, a, a Finnish team, uh, I, I, I had both of them. Uh, outside the dressing room, on either side of me, they yanked these guys out right out of the showers. I had Vladi on my left and Sergei on my right, dripping wet with towels on, uh, wondering who the heck I was. And here I was, I was offering them Red Wings pins and, uh, and business cards from Jim Lights, Jim Devlin, all all the you know the people with the wings and so on. And in the process of process of that. I gave them also a, a Red Wings media guide, the little five-by-eight-inch book that has all the details in everything everyone knows know about the Detroit Red Wings, where all the reporters who cover the team in the NHL. And inside that book, I had slipped a two-page letter that I had written to each of them saying, hey, by the way, uh, the, the Wings want you to uh, come over and play hockey in, uh, in, in Detroit, you know, in the NHL. And I learned at that time... Uh, I learned later, actually, that that was the first time that either one of them had uh, had uh, been informed that they were uh, their rights were drafted by an NHL team. Uh, I, I remember showing Sergey the list of of Detroit draftees, and there you were number four on the list right behind Nick Lidstrom, who was drafted third in that uh, 1989 draft. Uh, and Sergey, uh, could be a pretty good card player because he didn't show any emotion at all. None at all. And I showed Vladdy, there you are, Vlad, Vladimir, uh, number, you know, 11 overall. We, it was a 12 round draft then. And Vladdy is, his eyes are dancing and he's bouncing around like the kid who just got the shiny blue bike for Christmas. Uh, very, you know, clearly emotional and excited. Uh, so, you know, I, I was a, I had a role in the story and it was pretty significant role. Uh, but once these guys came over and, uh, I got their stories, uh, published for, for the free press. And I went back to being, uh, the guy on the other side of the line, just being a reporter and trying to tell a story as straight as I could. I know the difference. Uh, and I know that, um, um, you know, I I stand uh, ready for any criticism that comes my way because of, of what I did. But, uh, You know that's the way it is. If I had to make that decision all over again, I know I would anguish the same way, and I'd probably make the same uh, make the same decision.
2: To uh, to write a book like this with uh, so much more information in it than than your stories. I mean, you you said you had a ton of extra notes from when you Mm -hmm. conducted these interviews. Uh, Did you have to go and do some of this research over again to get some of these details? Because you, I mean, you have packed a lot of. My new details on some of these meetings and and, and stuff in, in this story um were some of those things that you had to kind of go back and maybe reinterview some of these people to get some of those things or oh, were your de- uh, new absolutely. notes that detailed
3: no you know some of my notes were that detailed absolutely and unbelievable uh unbelievably i was able to find the box that those notes were in that, you know i'd i moved uh, several times and it was in a box and the in the basement, and I was—I I couldn't believe it when I actually came upon them, and uh, that helped a lot. But I tell you what, a lot of it was—I uh, uh, was able to go over again and ask detailed questions, ask the sources uh, to go into more detail about certain things. You know, we had—we uh, each of the Russians were in the chair in front of the camera for between two and four hours. Uh, Scotty Bowman, we had him on the. In the chair on a couple of different times uh, totaling about three hours uh jim devuano sat in the chair and talked to us with you know gave us great details for about three hours so we had a ton of uh, of a lot of great detail about just about every facet of the the story as you can get so that really uh went a long way in terms of uh, uh helping me fill all the holes that uh, needed to be filled to tell the story properly
2: yeah and, and probably Kind of filling in the gaps for you. I mean, writing something twenty years after it happened, um, having a refresher course like that had to have helped
0: a lot. What was it like seeing that team, you know, raise Lord Stanley over their
3: heads? I'll Tell you what, it was it was a pretty amazing moment. But what, for me, for me, what stru- what uh, stood out most was when Steve Weiserman after Commissioner Gary Bettman gave him the gave him the Stanley Cup, he did what the captain always does, and that's make that lap around the ice, right? Well, uh, Steve Eiserman, when he did after he did his lap, what's the first thing he did? Uh, what what Eiserman did was uh, skate over toward his uh, teammates, and he looked for Slava Petisov and he he took the cup over and he gave it to Slava. Slava looked around, he looked around for Igor Arianov, motioned Igor to come over with him, and together the two old Russians skated around the ice together with the Stanley Cup. An amazing moment, and a significant moment for uh, global hockey. I mean. It really that was the moment uh, that, that uh, a Canadian, a great Canadian captain, uh, Steve Eisenman, basically told the world that these guys from from Russia, the Soviet Union, are legit. They're our teammates. We love them. They're a big part of this. And uh, uh, I, that was a moment more than any other that Russians were completely finally uh, and fully accepted uh, as uh, as players in the National Hockey League. It was uh, it was quite a um, an amazing moment for me. Did it have geopolitical ramifications? These? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, relations between um, Russia and and the United States were a lot different then. I mean, the Cold War was over. The Iron Curtain had fallen in in eighty nine. Now this team in Detroit has fly with the greatest uh, Russian stars that that the uh, Soviet Union or Russia had ever produced, and all playing on one team, and they're and they're winning, and they're doing it with a style of hockey. That was so famous I mean, it brought the, the, the Soviet style of hockey to the NHL, and um, it began to the style of play began to spread throughout the team and, and, and pretty quickly throughout the league. In uh, August of that year, after they won the Stanley Cup, I went over with uh, three of them, Batisov, Ilyrianov and Kozlov, took the Stanley Cup uh, over to Russia the first time it had been, ever been in that country. Paraded around Red Square and lots of other places, and I was there with them. And uh, uh, it, was, it was quite a, a stirring moment to see how the Russians uh, uh, were, uh, or, you know, how they related to all that. It was, and, and so and I, when I was there in 97, uh, I, you know, I'd say, yeah, I'm American. I'm from Detroit. It's like, oh, yeah, come here. Let me buy you a drink. Let me do this. Let me do that. We, we love your team and, and so on. Now, I was over there in December 2015, many years later. Uh, and um, I, I went to a very different country, uh, uh, as you know, and it's only gotten worse uh, between the between Russia and the United States.
2: So, how did how do you make the transition from working for the NSA to going? I think you went back to school, correct, and then became a yeah, a yeah.
3: Y- y- yeah, You know that, that that's part of the story that intrigues a lot of people too. I, I was uh, I, I only went to Russian language school to stay out of Vietnam. I was drafted in December of 1970. I had two years of college. Uh, I had gone to college for a couple of years, and uh, and frankly, I couldn't afford tuition. I was the oldest of five kids. My dad was a factory worker, didn't have enough money. He couldn't take out any more loans for me. I needed to make money to pay tuition to go back to school. So I I went. I extended my my summer into the fall at the factory where I was working to make enough money. Uh, so I could pay tuition. While I was um, while while I was working to make that money, I was drafted by Richard Nixon. And at the time, everybody with a pulse who was drafted was going to Vietnam, and I didn't want to go there. So rather than be drafted for uh, uh, for two years, I enlisted in the army for four years on the condition that they send me to uh, Russian language school in Monterey, California. From there, I went to an intelligence school, a spy school, we called it, and then uh, in Texas for six months, and then I went to uh, West Berlin, uh, the city divided by the Berlin Wall, which fell in 1989, also. Uh, but I worked there for. I wanted to spend six years in the army. Got my degree while I was in the army. My degree wound up being in Russian because I had taken so many, uh, uh, you know, so many credits at the uh, at the language institute where it was. Uh, so I got my degree in the language. And I got out, went to Michigan State University a couple of weeks later after my discharge, and, and, uh, and uh, I wanted to study more Russian. I thought I was going to wind up teaching the language. That's what I, what I, what I thought I'd be doing. But the problem with that is that Americans don't speak other languages. Uh, we don't study other languages. We st- certainly don't study Russian because it's too hard. And I realized pretty quickly that no matter how many degrees I got, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be um, uh, teaching anywhere uh, and it's not Russian. So I... Uh, I jumped into the journalism program. I took a handful of classes of journalism, got a job at the Lansing State Journal. My first, first, first gig there a couple of months after starting in the, would have been the fall of uh, 78, 40 years ago right now, as a matter of fact. I was, uh, I was uh, working on the prep crew, the Friday night crew, you know, uh, way before the Internet in the days where coaches called in the results of the games picking up the phone, talking to the coach for a few minutes, getting all the stats and writing those one or two paragraph stories that wound up in the, uh, in the, uh, Saturday morning newspaper. I did that for a while. And, and, uh, we still six do that, that gig. Yeah. You, oh, that's good. That's, that's fun. Isn't it? <laughs> it
0: is. Yeah. It's a good
3: part of the job. Great. I think it's a blast. I was, I mean, that working Friday night on a, a prep Friday night at a, at a, at a, newspaper or an election night at the AP or to the, the greatest, uh, uh, on, on election night, the, the greatest uh, uh, ways to spend a, a day or an evening in journalism, I think. But anyways, I I, 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 was, I went to work at a city desk at the Lansing State Journal for three years. Then I worked at, went to work for the AP Chicago for a couple of years and went, came back to Detroit in the summer of 1984 uh, and uh, helped the uh, free press sports staff cover a pretty interesting baseball team that year. And uh, Tigers won the World Series. That was a lot of fun. And then I went to work on the city desk and worked um, did, a, did uh, as a general assignment reporter for a year before I went back to the sports department, started covering the Red Wings.
0: Well, Keith, uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to talk to us. I really appreciate it. Congratulations on the early success of the book. Uh, again, that's The Russian Five, a story of espionage, defection, bribery, and courage. Uh, Keith, uh, again, uh, really thank you so much. It was uh, enlightening talking to you.
3: It, it was my pleasure, guys. I really enjoyed it, and I hope that, that maybe we can see a few people at uh, uh, when I'm in uh Gaylord this Saturday uh, at Saturn Books and the following Saturday at Horizon Books in Travis City, 2 o'clock, both Saturday afternoons. Uh, met a lot of good fans uh, and readers so far and other signings. And uh, these are two I've been really looking forward to because we're getting into the heart of uh, Red Wings country up here.
0: Another big thank you to Keith Gabe for joining us on this episode of the get around podcast. Uh, quite an interesting talk. I would say so. Wouldn't you James? Yeah, it's fascinating. And, and
2: I read a good portion of the book already. Um, and man, is it just, it's just packed with a, a lot of stuff about the, all these instances, a lot of really minute new details uh, involving these things and how it impacted the players, the organization, the NHL even as a whole and just the, the Vladimir Konstantinov part how they got Vladimir Konstantinov out uh, by convincing spoiler alert yeah by That's convincing so- the Russians that he had terminal cancer and needed to come to the United States for treatment <laughs>
0: if you want to read about that or if you want to see uh keith in person he's going to be at saturn books in gaylord uh this saturday from 2 to 4 p.m and then he'll be here in traverse city on saturday april 14th at horizon books and that is also from 2 to 4 p.m let's keep this show moving because it has been moving so smoothly so far we've really been it's just it's a well-oiled machine Let's get into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Sports are over, but there are still some athletes from the winter sports season who are worthy of induction into the Get Around Hall of Fame. I will go over the list, and we will finally it will be revealed the athlete who has been inducted twice this season. So, uh, looking at who has already made it in, Wiley Edick, Lexi Nepath, who was in once, and Not then again. was in uh, later again. Lexi Neapoth, Brady Storkel, the Charlevoix girls basketball team, uh, and Elise Stuck was also in individually, so two it's athletes. It's a little different, though. It's a little bit different. It's uh, wasn't an oversight like it was with uh, Lexi Neapoth. But, hey, Lexi, two great weeks and 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 way to make history. And first on, team on, All-State, too, on top yeah. of that. The Charlevoix girls basketball team for that uh, furious comeback in the final 73 seconds against Traverse City St. Francis. Matt Loney, Mary Lyon, uh, the aforementioned Elise Stuck, Margot Woofter, Mackenzie McKen- Wilkinson, Derek Gio Lombardo, Chase LaJoy, Alex Netsley, Reagan Ali, Finn Husband, Caitlin Schaub, Xander Okerland, Mariah Pringle, and Joan Ogamaw. I'm sorry, Joanne Ogamaw. Yeah, Joanne. Joanne Ogema, have all been inducted during the winter sports season. Here are some of the few that did not make it. Uh, Miguans Barrientos, Caden Hale, Alex Hunter, Tobin Schwanake, Austin Harris, Denver Cade, Joey Weber, Jalen Rogers, Griffin Kelly, Cade Peterson, Reese Hazelton, Ryan Hayes, Megan Sharpenberg, uh, Thomas Hersey, Jalen Brumfield, Avery Bebel, Kelsey Byes, Mason Gardner, Jacob Ransom, Elliot Sitkins, and Mark Alexikoff. You can only induct five of those. So all, right off the page, who jumps out at you? Jalen Rogers jumps out to me as one who I think deserves a nod. I can see that. And then uh Cade Peterson to me. I mean I look at I look at the boys basketball, Austin Harris not getting in is, is certainly an oversight. Denver Cade not getting in, certainly an oversight. Well, admit, it's not an oversight. Just, just mismatches. Yeah, it just is, it is what it is. All right, so let's take a, a quick straw poll here. Miguans Barriantos, in the conversation right now. Yes, in the conversation. All right, Caden Hale. He's one of the
2: ones that kind of jumps out to me. I mean, he was so consistent at, through the season, I mean, with being a dominant scorer for them. But uh,
0: Avery Bebel, a three-time nominee... Was never inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Bevel was three times. Bevel was a three-time nominee. Wow.
1: I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. I mean, certainly.
0: So we chalking up Avery on that one. Yes. We feeling good about putting Avery Bevel in.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so we got one spot down. Oh, Hayes is on there too, right? Ryan Hayes also on there. So yeah, but Hayes got Hayes got in for football. Hayes got
2: in for football. Hayes got in for so Hayes and Peterson. You know, although I think they deserve to be in, I, I think if we have others that we think merit it, they've already been in for football. So okay. that, that could be kind of a tiebreaker.
0: All right, Sitkins a two-time nominee. Elliot Sitkins a two-time nominee.
2: Yeah, I would go Alexikov over Sitkins. He just had such a kind of breakout I agree, season. I agree with that. A Breakout season for West. I ended up getting first-team All-State. Um, like the make, first, the first yeah. first-team All-Stater since make, Shane the, Totten. The Final Four. Yeah, yeah. Make the final sure. four, scored a couple of really big goals in the playoffs too.
0: Alright, so we've got Avery Bebel and Mark Alexikoff in right now. I said Barry Antos, Hale, Alex Hunter, uh, Tobin Schwannekee. Uh, no Austin Harris, no Denver Cade. Joey Weber has already been in, so I would say Rogers, definitely. Rogers, yeah. definitely. Rogers, I think I think Harris too. Alright, so we only got one spot left. So right oh. now though, in in right now, Mark Alexikoff, Avery Bebel Jalen Rodgers and Austin Harris. Barrientos? Schwanke never got in. Schwanke mm. never got in. Who
2: Barrientos said would be his number one pick in the fantasy draft. I'm going to hold off on Hersey because I think he'll get into the
0: spring for golf. I agree, yeah. I, I'd say Barrientos. That's where I was leaning as well. I'm okay with that. All yeah. right, so there are our five. Congratulations to Trevor City West's Miguans Barrientos. Buckley's Austin Harris, Frankfurt's Jalen Rogers, Gaylord St. Mary's Avery Bebel, and Trevor City West's Mark Alexikoff, you are all now enshrined into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Now the moment that you all have been waiting for, all of our Audible viewers, the listeners out there, everybody here in the studio except for me because I already knew what the results were for Sports Movie Madness, but we do have our first tie. Remember the Titans... Is headed to the final, defeating the Sandlot 131 to 120. Got some good traction on there, got a lot of votes. That was that was nice to see. And however, Happy Gilmore and Miracle both tied at Patrick Kane, 88. All you Detroit Red Wings fans, hockey fans are gonna love that reference. Good old Patty Kane, number 88 for my Chicago Blackhawks. Eighty eight. So we're just gonna break the tie. Right. We're we're just just three break of us tie. each
1: voting. Yes, mm-hmm.
0: that's that's what it is. James, happy Gilmore or Miracle? Mm, I mean it's a tough call, but I'm gonna have to go with Miracle. Brett. Happy Gilmore. And Brendan says Happy Gilmore. <sighs> Ending the uh, what I'd say is a really impressive run by Miracle. We could have had it; could have been an all Disney final with Remember the Titans versus Miracle, um, but I th- you had to ruin it. I, I think it makes it a little more interesting having a drama going up against a comedy, and so instead of mm-hmm. having you know two uh, two movies that pull at the heartstrings like Remember the Titans and Miracle, you've got one that uh, pulls the heartstring, the other one that knocks on the funny bone.
3: <laughs> oh, uh.
0: <laughs> that's we have we have whittled it down from 64 to now just two movies are remaining in the inaugural sports movie madness although i can't imagine that we'll do this again next year
1: <laughs> yeah probably not <laughs> we'll have to come up with a different <laughs> we'll, have bracket.
0: To, we'll have to think of something else maybe give us a suggestion for what you want the bracket to be
2: next year yeah our audible listeners yes audible viewers audible viewers. audible viewers audible viewers they can they can listen audibly as well
0: well, that's the, the point of audible <laughs> viewers. So make sure that you vote in this round. You're going to see the poll several times up on Twitter. It'll be a tough one. it's up to you. Uh, it's up to our voters. Other than this week, it was, what are we going to do if we have a tie here? I don't think we're going to have I a tie. I don't think it will be a tie. Again. I don't think we're going to have a tie. I think it's our, our overall number one seed has marched its way through the bracket and into the, into the championship matchup. Uh, but again, please uh, vote. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at TCRE Sports. You can also go to surveymonkey.com backslash r backslash the championship. That's surveymonkey.com backslash r backslash the championship, And you can vote there. Uh, feel free to share that link, too. Help us out. The more votes, the better. It's the way that I look at it. All right, so, boys, we want to do this. Do we want to end the show with my new stupid idea. Or would you rather just end the show and get out of this steamy sauna that has become the get-around studio here at the Traverse City Record Eagle? So something that made you happy this week. Anything that made you happy? I like that you had to to add the stipulation that it was your newest stupid idea. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. That also made me happy that this was my newest dumb idea. I've had uh, I've had some decent ideas. Spelling Bee was fun, Jeopardy was fun, Sports Movie Madness has been a roaring success. just busting your balls to go back to that. Busting my balls. Go back to that. Well, I was going to say what made me happy this week was being here with you guys, but now I don't feel that way anymore <laughs> because you made fun of me and called me stupid. That is going to wrap up episode number 29 of the Get Around Podcast. We are going to be back next week, episode 3-0, where we will reveal the winner of Sports Movie Madness. We'll also have other stuff. We're not sure yet. Maybe I'll have figured out another game by that time to break the 1-1 tie between Brett and James. I have been your host, Brendan Quealy, and joining me in the studio this week, I did have Jimmy James Cook and Barry Arturo Summers. Enjoy the rest of your week. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week as much as you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the podcast because I I, I can only imagine you've been rolling around on the floor laughing. You've been you've been raffling. <laughs> Have a good week.